0: This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red Channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool head into the next Champions League campaign, having seen their crown taken off them by Bayern Munich. Who deservedly won last season's edition of the tournament. At the very least, Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp will be hoping to beat their last 16 exit at the hands of Atletico Madrid that took place last February this time around. And it all starts with the group stage, beginning this evening, of course, with that huge clash against Ajax in the Netherlands. To get the lowdown on Erik ten Hag's side, who reached the semi-finals two years ago but crashed out in the groups last season, I'm delighted to have on the line with me Michael Statham from Football Orange the Dutch Football News Channel. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Hopefully I've pronounced everything correctly there. How are you getting on?
0: Hi, Matt. Cheers for having me. Yeah, no, good, thanks. Um, Good to link up again. Yeah, we're all looking forward to the game in the Netherlands uh, tonight. And yeah, I'm sure that Ajax fans will be glad once again to be in the Champions League and to see if they can show Europe what they're made of. Yeah, Liverpool have only ever faced Ajax once before. It seems
1: incredible, really, given how good the two sides have been. And you know, it's been sort of half a century or so since that match took place. I suppose it's it's also very unfortunate as well that no one can can travel over there for the game because I'm sure Liverpool fans would have enjoyed that trip a lot.
0: Yeah, the Ajax Stadium was amazing. Um, I've been lucky enough to be inside it. Um, the atmosphere when it's full um, is amazing um a great away day too uh amsterdam with all its joys but yeah it's a shame that we can't enjoy it quite the same um but regardless i'm sure it's going to be a fantastic match i i'm sure both sides will want to have a bit of a time where they kind of um get to know each other let's just say at the start of the game um and i'm expecting a full champions league affair i think it's going to be a good quality match
1: yeah, you, you'd yeah, certainly, you'd think, certainly so. I mean, think so, I mean. I'll, I'll start with I'll, sort of getting your thoughts really on, on Liverpool. Of course, over the last couple of years, they've been Champions League winners, then Premier League winners, and you know, a couple of Dutchmen in there with Virgil van Dijk, who unfortunately isn't going to, to be available to play. And, and Pep Linders as well has been instrumental alongside Jurgen Klopp on, on the coaching staff. I mean, how exactly are Liverpool viewed at the moment in Holland? Because there is that sort of link there.
0: Well, if I just bring it back to when it could have been an Ajax-Liverpool Champions League final in 2019, in the Netherlands, I know that many Ajax fans fancied Liverpool in the final, had they got there, and knew that that would have been a match they they, they could have won. Um, of course, since then, I think Liverpool have gone from strength to strength and just look even more formidable. Um Aside of of course from the opening games of this season, um, as well as being a massive Dutch football fan and more so an Aston Villa fan. Um, and whilst it's been formidable, this season's been a little bit different, hasn't it? But yeah, last season I know that in the Netherlands they were viewed rather differently and that actually they're they're a home to two fantastic Dutch internationals and they know that Vijn Aldem and Van Dijk are competing at a very high level, and that's fantastic for Aranja as well. And how, and how excited are people in Holland, do you
1: think, for for this game? Obviously, two massive European clubs. As I say, they haven't played each other that frequently. But, you know, with the, the links, with the, the quality of the teams, the, the sort of form that the, both of them are in, this could be a really, really good game.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a cracking game. But I wouldn't have thought that a few weeks ago, and perhaps even only a week ago, because... It was only at Sunday that Ajax actually looked convincing in a win uh, this season. They, they beat Head and 5-1 and um, they seem to be putting the pieces together on a new team. Uh, they're playing well together now, finally. But that's only, of course, one game. But I think, had you asked me this two weeks ago, if they were playing two weeks ago, I think it would have been um, a very different match. I know that a lot of Dutch football fans want Ajax to do well. Uh, not everyone, of course, but it's, it's fantastic to see Dutch teams doing well on the continent and I think that only now can Dutch football fans feel excited and particular Ajax fans are more confident that this will be a closer game. And Virgil, Virgil van Dijk van... of course has been a, a huge player for Liverpool. It's a, a massive blow that
1: we found out obviously over the weekend that he could potentially be out for the entirety of this season. I mean just in terms of obviously the the incident with Jordan Pickford, what's the, the reaction been in Holland? Because Potentially, if if Van Dijk is out for this season, he could potentially, well, as I say, potentially, we, we don't know at this stage, but he could possibly miss the Euros next summer.
0: Yeah, it's gutting news for Netherlands fans, the fact that he's going to have this injury which could rule him out of the Euros. And the same was the case of Memphis Depay a year ago uh, where he was injured and then it was a, a, a basically a race against time to get him fit for the Euros. He would have been fit had it happened. Um, now we've got the same with Van Dijk. Although I suppose Netherlands fans will feel a lot more confident given that centre-backs seem to be their strongest area. Matthijs de Ligt is there. Stefan de Vrij, both competing at a very high level in Italy. Um, so overall, not uh, the worst news that could have happened. I think losing Memphis to Pi last year was a lot worse considering he's their only very high-quality striker. Whereas defenders, they're pretty well covered. Um, but yeah, Van Dijk is a, is a massive miss. Uh, for the upcoming games up until the Euros. Yeah, a huge yeah, miss for, for club and country. I mean, just
1: in terms of Van Dijk and his rise, really, I suppose when he came into Liverpool, people didn't quite realise how good he was. Did you, obviously having seen him in play for, for the Netherlands and that sort of thing before that, did you ever sort of expect him to get to to the level that he
0: has or possibly has he exceeded expectations to an extent? Yeah, so when he first started out with Groningen in the Netherlands, I thought that he was a good defender, but not someone that would go on and become possibly the best defender in the world. Um, he had this the strength, he had the physical abilities, let's say. I thought that Celtic was um, a step across for him and not exactly a step up, but as he's shown, he it was a right move because it's ended up where he is right now. And he's just so immense, isn't he? Yeah, he's so important for the Netherlands and Liverpool. But I, I am utterly surprised, too, that he's got to this, this stage. Um, I think a few years ago, the Netherlands thought that they weren't going to have that um, top-class centre-back, and now they have two with Van Dijk and De Ligt.
1: You mentioned De
0: Ligt there. I mean, how
1: highly rated is he? Is he somebody who, in the Netherlands, is, is seen as potentially the, the heir to, to Van Dijk's throne, obviously? He's very, very highly rated. But I suppose, it, as you say, it, it's a, almost a luxury to have a couple of, or three players even in that position, which are you know, of real high standard and, and high quality.
0: It's massive. It changes the outlook and how people view the Netherlands national team. The fact that they can be so solid defensively. And yeah, De Ligt is just, I think is one in a generation kind of player. Uh, he could ultimately be better than, than Van Dijk because he's just capable of even more uh, than van Dijk is. Uh, yeah, having watched elite for years at Ajax, uh, he is immense and could be the best defender in the world in time. Yeah, Matthias De Ligt, no
1: longer at Ajax, of course, but Eric Ten Hag still is. He was Pep Guardiola's reserve manager at Bayern Munich before that, and he's been linked to, at times with, with Premier League clubs, including potentially Liverpool at, at some point down the line. I mean, how good a manager is he, do you think? And, you know, there have been comparisons to Pep Guardiola. Are they
0: Accurate, in your opinion? It's a funny one. Uh, I really like Ten Hag, but don't think he's one amongst Europe's top managers. He's got some great assets. He listens to players' ideas and often he backs his squad as well. He's not someone who calls out a player. As for Pep Guardiola, yeah, he's certainly an influence, um, particularly in the way that he sort of just plays his way, no matter what. Ajax are an attacking outfit, no matter who they're playing. I'm sure it'll be the same against Liverpool um i don't think that they're going to be trying to contain liverpool and try and play on the break i think they are going to try and play their own game ten hag though i think he views defending a little more highly than guardiola uh guardiola is all about the play um all starting from the back and ten hag has this kind of attributes too but he does know the right moments to try and get his team to defend um the difference with Ten Hag is he hasn't got, obviously, all these fantastic players at his disposal. He has to grow them himself, which is another great asset to have as a manager, the fact that he's brought on all these players over the years at Ajax and now he's doing the same with the current crop as well. And with, and with that with- sort, of, sort of thing in mind then, I mean, will Ajax sit in and defend
1: and be a little bit more compact than maybe we might expect or do you think they will just go for it and try and get at them tonight?
0: Yeah, so like I, I, I can see Ajax trying to go for it, but it's it's a very funny one because of the, the new sort of feel about this team. It's hard to judge at the moment exactly how it's going to go just because we don't quite know how some of these players who have been performing well at Eredivisie level, whether they're going to step it up for Champions League level. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to some of those guys in a minute, but I, I just think that this is going to be uh, a, a massive acid test for this this new team as to how, how well they can step it up. And do you think potentially <laughs> that with it being the first of these matches, it, it
1: almost takes the pressure off Ajax. They can use it, as you say, as a an acid test because at this stage, if they were to lose to Liverpool, it, it wouldn't be a disaster because you know they've still got five games to go and Liverpool probably in the group are, are the favourites to go through and it's between the other three to then take that final spot.
0: No, I think there's quite a bit of pressure on Ajax because all the attention in the Netherlands is on them to do well. They need to succeed because they they are the biggest team in the country. They do have that expectation about them that they have to go and win these kinds of games and do well in them. And I think that the pressure gets put on by themselves. The players put that pressure upon themselves to perform at this level. Um, all all of these players, just Tagli Fico, um, Tadic, they're around the Ajax, not just to play in the Eredivisie. They have to play Champions League football, and I think that that's going to bring a lot of pressure to that game against Liverpool. But but the thing I can say in, in Ajax's advantage is they do like that pressure; and they do like to thrive under it as well. Behind enemy lines on the blood red channel.
1: Ajax signed a Brazilian winger in Anthony this summer. Apparently, a, a really good signing. I've not seen much of him myself, but you know, reading around him and, and that sort of thing, there seems to be a fair bit of, of hype. He's still only twenty, of course, but would you say he's potentially the, the biggest threat for Ajax? And- I suppose the, the big question how big a threat is he for Liverpool?
0: I think he is their biggest threat at the moment, but that's purely because uh, Quintus Promes, who I think is Ajax's best attacking player, hasn't been on his top form. And David Neres, as well, another Brazilian, he um, hasn't been starting a lot of games either, but I think he is a bigger threat than Anthony on his day. Unfortunately, Promes, Neres, and Tadic haven't really been in form in an attacking midfield for Ajax. So I think the pressure then goes into Anthony, who's a bit of an unknown quantity, particularly at Champions League level, to come up with the goods. And yeah, some of these best assets, he's really skillful. I mean, he's one of those typical sort of YouTube real players, if you like. He brings up all the skills, he creates opportunities, and yeah, he loves a shot at goal. Kind of similar to Hakim Ziyech, but not as um, outstanding yet as, as Ziyech. He has got all of the, the pace, though the, the, the quick feet, and always a very direct player. Uh, so I'm sure that he'll, he'll have one of those evenings where It's going to be, we see whether he can really perform at top level. I'm confident he can. I'm confident he'll have a good game against Liverpool. And it'll be very interesting to see how Liverpool contain him as well, how they can defend against him when he's coming inside all the time. The thing, of course, with Van Dijk being out is that Ajax don't have that big, tall, strong striker. Um, which Van Dyke would, would be able to mark. So I guess having two quicker defenders uh, in, in, in central defence of Liverpool is probably going to be quite important, in my opinion, because there's a lot of pace from the likes of Anthony, Primes, Neres, if he comes off the bench, uh, that's going to be Ajax's main threat, how quick they can be in and around the box. Can you mention David I'm Neres there? <laughs> he's one who's been linked with the Premier League, and, and particularly Liverpool over...
1: You know, for the last few months, maybe not for a little while, but there's always been a huge price tag on his head. There's been you know, figures of, of fifty, sixty million 60 million pounds. He doesn't seem to have sort of done as, as much over the last couple of years. There was possibly a few of his teammates from that sort of run in, in 2019, because obviously you, you look at the, the list of, of other players Frankie de Jong, Zayek, as you said, Donny van der Beek, now of course at Manchester United. It seems like Ajax have, have moved on a lot, but maybe David Neres as one who's almost been left behind, if you like.
0: Yeah, he had a long-term injury, which kept him out of uh, the majority of one season. And then he said he'd stay another year to try and prove himself that he could do it still. Um, and he hasn't yet been given the opportunity in the Eredivisie. I don't know whether Ten Hag has just said to him to maybe that he's not quite ready yet for starting games or maybe he's not quite, as you say, living up to that hype that he once had. He is still a very capable player, though. And I think that in time, he will get a big move. But the injuries kind of held him back from that to go along with that current crop of players that left Ajax. And in terms of the, the last two years, then I mentioned there that Ajax tend to have,
1: or seem to have moved on a fair bit. Where do you think Ajax are at now compared to that team that we saw get to the semifinals? They seem to sort of go up and up and up to a level, Ajax, but then they lose their best players and, and have to start that process again.
0: Yeah, that it's always just the way in the Netherlands. And particularly with I actually see it very, very commonly in, in Europe, where they they have these good years where they have these excellent players and then they're all just lost. Um, they do make good money out of it, though, and they are able to reinvest it in their youth team in some younger players across Europe and uh, South America nowadays, too, as we've just talked about there with Anthony Neres. But yeah, they've still got quite a few players from that era. They've got Anana in goal, um, Blint, Blintz, uh, Dusan Tadic, Neresa Mazari also still there uh, from that, that key team from eighteen nineteen, But then they've got a whole new midfield. There's a whole new look about it. David Clarkson's come back um, from Werder Bremen. Not many Ajax fans are um, enjoying that, that news. Uh, he's, he's not exactly an excellent midfield. He's not particularly um, part of Ajax way. And he, he was the best of a bad bunch, actually, a few years ago um, in that midfield. But he's come back and hopefully he's an improvement uh, to defensive midfield, which Edson Alvarez co- uh, used to be uh, last season and the start of this season. Claassen's hopefully going to replace Alvarez and give a bit more bite to defensive midfield. But there's also two new guys there. Um, Ryan Havenberg, he's an 18-year-old. Um, liking in the past to Paul Pogba, but a very different player. He's very skillful. Um, he likes to draw in players and then skill past them. Um, still a raw talent though um, at 18, but also Mohamed Kudus. Kudus is a, a, a Danish player for uh, sorry, a Ghanaian Danish Danish player from who's come from a Danish side, Mitchelland, who are also in the Champions League group. Together, and Kudus, and Havenberg are going to make that new look trio midfield. And Kudus so far is standing out as the best of that lot. Um, and I think he's going to be very important against to to Liverpool because he's that new look sort of box to box midfielder. Um, kind of fulfilling a little bit of what Frank de Jong used to do with the energy and the passing. Um, but let's see if this new look midfield can can hold up against Liverpool. Again, it's an acid test to see just how good they are. And in
1: terms of in terms Ajax of- in the Champions League this season, what is their sort of hope or what is their expectation? Do you think they can get out of the group? Do you think they are you know almost the, the favourite for that second spot, if you like, after Liverpool?
0: I don't think they are. They, they came in as second seeds, but I, I think Atalanta are just going to be a little bit too good. And that's where the threat's going to be um, to Liverpool for me. I think it's going to be Atalanta. I don't think it's going to be Ajax. Um, I'm pretty sure that Ajax can beat Michelin's at least once in the group, but should be beating them home and away. But yeah, I think Atalanta is going to be a struggle. Uh, they have a lot of good strikers at the moment and um, some decent players, which the Netherlands know well from the Dutch national team. Um, yeah I just don't know whether Ajax have got that bite about them anymore like they did in eighteen nineteen. last season too we saw that they were missing a few of those key players so I'm not sure whether they're going to get second but probably going to be a third place in this group but let's see again against Liverpool just how good they are and if they do manage to get a result maybe they'll surprise me and they'll have a, a very good season again in the Champions League and just in terms of Liverpool then looking ahead to tonight's game I mean which players do you think
1: Ajax will be most fearful of? Because there's a, a few different weapons for, for Liverpool to draw upon, even without Van Dijk in that team.
0: Oh yeah, I think that's going to be um, a big challenge for the Ajax back four. Yeah, so I mean, Salah and Mane are probably, with their pace, is going to be the biggest threat. But not against the fullbacks, Mavzar and Tagliofiko, have shown in the Champions League that they can handle very tricky wingers. However it's going to be interesting to see how they get on against the center backs. Perfers is uh, a man in the mold of, of Matt ice in his defensive style. However, isn't the quickest defender and he's going to be next to daily Blint, most likely. Um, and blint isn't the pacist defender either. So I think it depends how well money and Salah can get through the middle, um, and cause th- a threat with their pace. I don't know. Um, I don't know whether Liverpool can going to have much joy in terms of defending against Ajax's quick um, style. So I don't know quite yet how Ajax is going to get on against Liverpool's defence. But of course, they're going to be quick. They're going to be technical. So I think Ajax will have some joy attacking. But yeah, defensively, has been their concern this season. And they play a very high line. And unless their offside trap is on point, I think the centre-backs are going to find um, the pace of the Liverpool forwards tricky to handle. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Something to, to watch out for. I think it, it should
1: be a really great game this evening. Thanks very much to, to you, Michael, for, for joining me. Just before we do finish, the final question that I will throw you away is a score prediction. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Liverpool win. but What do you think it might be?
0: So you think is it's going to be quite convincing. You know, so do I too. I'm going to go with a 2 one Liverpool win. I'm going to go with Ajax going really close a couple of times, but I think that they're going to find that this new-look side isn't quite yet ready. Um, for challenging the latter stages of the Champions League.
1: Well, we will certainly see what happens and no matter the outcome, you'll be able to follow it all, of course, across the Liverpool Echo and Blood Red 2. The post-game podcast will be back after full time while I'll be live on YouTube with the debrief at the final whistle for all of your immediate post-match reaction and analysis needs. For now, though, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the day and the build-up to the game. But for myself, Matt Addison, alongside Michael Statham, It's goodbye for now.
0: You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.